Hi there, my name is Sarah Wendy, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast. I'm an energy healer, mentor, and coach, helping people create more authenticity and intimacy in their lives so as to reach lasting well-being and build meaningful, aligned relationships. I will be connecting with people or similar interests in the show and hope you will find lots of value in it. Thanks for listening. For the last episode of season one, I invited Heroes Gamos and business alchemy mentor Julia Tang to join me. Juliet's amazing medicine has been changing people's lives all over the world. She shares her personal journey from communist China to rural Pennsylvania via the Big Apple. Like me, Juliet has a background in energy healing and plant medicine, but went on to mentoring women to grow their businesses with power and grace. In this conversation, we talk about God, magic mushrooms, the father wound, inner sacred marriage, religious trauma, the importance of integration, and much, much more. Juliet also shares a Holy Trinity practice to help highly ambitious women heal their relationship to the masculine. So you'll want to listen all the way to the end. So we're live with uh, Juliet Tang, who's one of my mentors and teachers. Juliet, I'm so excited to have you on my show. (laughs) Thank you. Lovely to be here. Welcome. And um, yeah, I was just saying how I love that you're closing my first season um, because there's there's just a a lot that's that's come up over the past um, nine episodes. And and I feel like um, you and I could do an integration together. um, Mm, I love integration. That's what it's about. (laughs) It's all about integration, right? So it really uh, is. It really is. <laughs> so um, yeah. First of all, before before I um, I let you uh, share about your story, I just want to say thank you so much. Um, working with you has been uh, life changing for me, and especially I want to say um, you had a recent post about how this was your. Um, most transformative or greatest year or best year, I think was, was a term to use. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I felt like, wow, Juliet's really giving me permission to also say that because it's something I've been feeling, but I have been a little bit uh, reluctant to, to be, to be so vocal about just because of what's going on, you know, of course. Yeah. So thank you. And um, yeah, let's just start uh, right in with your, your own journey and how you ended up from communist China to um, <laughs> teaching from Pennsylvania, rural Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know. I, um, I just left New York City and I, I was in New York for about 30 years. Oh, my goodness. Um, really in the heart of the beast. And I just left. I am in Pennsylvania, this horse country where nothing is going on. And I just absolutely love it. So communist China, that's 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 a story on its own. I mean, you know, when we look at it on the grand level, honestly, I'm really grateful that my soul has chosen to have all of these adventures because because of kind of like the political climate and the re- this reality that we're in I actually have a lot more understanding of what's really what's really going on behind the scenes given that I, I grew up in communist China and um, it, it's really uh, you know Marxism and socialism is something that is kind of being promoted right now. So I'm not going to go into that end. Um, so I was actually a teacher for 10 whole years in New York, uh, in New York City. Wow. And um, I feel like a lot of us have had a very similar awakening. At a certain point, you just say like, you know, I have a higher purpose. And then you, you awaken to the fact that you, you know, to, to your spirit, 
And then you say to yourself, like, oh my goodness, like I actually have power to take charge of my own reality and to be an active player rather than a passive player. So that was how I left my 10 year teaching career. And、uh, back then, that was many years ago, not too many, but A while ago, I was、um, I ended up being more of a spiritual mentor for、yeah. leaders and entrepreneurs, and、um, and a Reiki teacher, by the way.、Yeah. So I really enjoyed <laughs> it back then, and my work was more like on the intangible,、uh, on in, like the intangible realm of like talking about spiritual awakening, because obviously that was my focus at the time. So I find that our medicine is always what we focus on at the time, and、yeah. as we evolve and as our You know, like focus evolves, the way that we serve also evolves with us. So,、um, so that was that was how I started.、Um, you know, being in、um, being in this transformation space, being the mentor, and then I started realizing that it was so important for. Especially, like in the, at first, I, I was working with a lot of men, and then it was women.、Mm-hmm. And all of these women were spiritual coaches, healers. They were really good at what they do, but they were not making any money.、Yeah. And I also had that struggle myself in the very beginning. So I realized just how important. To actually be able to bridge the five D and three D, five D being all of the talk on spiritual awakening, on the soul, on healing, is not enough when it comes to actually being very successful in the transfer in the transformation space, having that type of impact that you really want, and、um, serving a wider, you know, like group of audience. So I decided to then be a business coach. And、um, went through all the trainings, like studied from some of the best internet strategists, you know, like global entrepreneurs. So you can say, like, I went through the extreme feminine in the very beginning, and then I kind of dove head into the very, very masculine space in the transformation space. You know, business strategies, online marketing, sales, money, all of that, and that served my purpose for a while until it kind of. Stopped、mm-hmm. because I started feeling like something was missing, especially when it comes to high-level strategies. In that space, it is mostly very masculine, and、um, the the business model that most of us have adopted is a very masculine business model, where its its focus is on three D strategies. And the most that we talk about when it comes to inner work is your mindset and maybe like your unconscious,、uh, your unconscious mind. Something was missing. So I started diving deeper, deeper and deeper, and、um, for whatever reason, that was also when my plant medicine journeys started showing me that it's really the integration of the feminine and the masculine energies that allows us to step into a fuller template of who we are and be able to birth something that is so original, coming from a more wholeness-based. Place rather than just leaning towards like just feminine or just masculine because the spiritual space is definitely more feminine. You know, women talk about embodiment work. They talk about like the soul,、um, you know, soul embodiment, feminine embodiment, essence, all of that. Whereas the business coaching space is definitely more masculine.、Mm-hmm. So having kind of swung from one extreme to the next,、um, I realized that it's actually the integration that that. 
that is inviting us to step into. It's that wholeness-based template that is, you know, that is really the next level for the conscious entrepreneurs and also a lot of the pioneers of consciousness and the leaders in the world. So um, that was when I actually came upon Harold's Gamels. And when I, honestly, when I came upon this body of work, it, it legit has changed my life, my business, my relationship, mm-hmm. my income, everything. Like, I hate to say like, oh my God, it's just this one magic pill because it's not. But for me, it's the missing piece because there was never any kind of bridge between the 3D and 5D, which is obviously very much manifested in our external reality right now. Like there is just this split between the people who are super spiritual and the people who are very, very like grounded, you know, who are more like um, living on the 3D plane. It can be real materialistic too, but there is no real bridge for someone to be able to embody that divine energy, but also is very, very grounded and anchored on earth and is able to communicate in such a way that, you know, like people can receive their teachings. Mm -hmm. So um, in a nutshell, that's been my journey. And this (laughs) is how I ended up being, um, you know, offering a slightly different type of work. That is, even though there is a business coaching component to it, the focus is really on, um, currently it's on helping women heal their relationship with their inner masculine, raise the king, and also to reunify with their masculine. Because the moment we do that, our relationship with God, with men, with money, with mission, with all aspects that are masculine shifts. So that shift has to come internally first, and then it's manifested externally. Right, right, right. Wow. Thanks for, <laughs> that's like a not condensed version of all your teachings. And your I tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, amazing. Thank you. Um, I want to backtrack a little bit because um, personally, one of the reasons I was uh, drawn to working with you, other than your, you know, amazing writing skills, I want to say, and your, the energy that transpires through every single one of your posts, um, is your background in energy healing, particularly, you know, that I teach Reiki and also in plant yeah. medicine. So I also work with plants a lot. So I was, I really, you know, resonated on, on those levels. And so you, you mentioned, you did mention, we, I wasn't planning on talking about plant medicine in particular, but you, you mentioned how it kind of helped you, um, get a global uh, picture, which often is what plant medicine mm-hmm. does, right? It kind of removes mm-hmm. us, gives us a big picture. So how long have you been working with plant medicine? And, and um, mm. yeah. And, and can I, you talk uh, a little bit about your journey with that? <laughs> yeah. So it's been over three years and um, my first journey was with ayahuasca and that was in Colombia. And um, I know there's a saying in a transformation space that the moment you drink your first cup of ayahuasca, there is no looking back. Like your life just changes forever. (laughs) So obviously that was my experience. And um, since then, you know, I've, I've done, uh, I've done ayahuasca, but then I slowly actually transitioned to doing magic mushrooms instead of ayahuasca. And what I find is that um, it's a really, really beautiful technology like when entheogens are used correctly under the right set and setting, it's a beautiful technology that can assist in the process in, in your own evolution, not to replace it, but to assist. So for a while, actually, somewhere in my journey, I was actually a psychedelic integration coach yes. because I've been through this. 
I went through this phase that I was looking at all of these people just like going to retreats week after week with zero integration. So they started using uh, what was once a tool uh, as crutches. And there was like zero bridging. With yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I even if, it was, <laughs> if it was recreational, it was just more like, yeah. like, oh, I, I just need to, uh, I don't have the clarity right now. I just need to go drink my next cup of ayahuasca, <laughs> or I just need to go to another retreat in order to do something, right? They started placing terms and conditions around what they're capable of achieving. And they started um, just kind of like bypassing the human journey. So for a while, I was actually a psychedelic integration coach. And back then I was already kind of like really tuning into the space of integration, how important it is for us to bring almost like divine codes and fully allow the codes to transform our own coding from the inside out so that we we operate from a more unified place rather than there's this like internal split of, I, I know this, I think I know this, I have this clarity, but my internal operating system is still kind of like functioning like the old me. So that was when integration started becoming more and more important to me until I realized that my role is not really psychedelic integration. It is literally the integration of all of the polarities in life, you know, the feminine, the masculine, the human, and the divine aspects of who we are. So that's when the hieros gamos comes in. Okay. So then um, that's a perfect seek into the Can you explain here's gamos <laughs> for those who Absolutely. aren't familiar with the term? <laughs> So it is, um, it is commonly known as the marriage, the sacred marriage between the God and the goddess or the masculine and the feminine. The way that I have understood it and the way that I've embodied it and, and teach it is that the marriage actually comes first between mortal and immortal, between human and God. And then it is under God that the masculine and the feminine both exalt themselves and enter sacred union. Meaning um, the way that I actually teach it is based on uh, what I call the Holy Trinity consciousness, that there is God above, and then there's the feminine, and then there's the feminine on the left, and then there's the masculine. So it's, it's, I can't say that it's a modality. I'm going to say like this body of work is unlike anything that I have ever worked with because it is about restoring us back to our original template of wholeness. I truly believe, especially with all that is going on in the world right now um, and knowing how like at a certain point, this timeline has been hijacked and, you know, like we have the reptilian brain, which is really an implant and um, and the fact that it's just, we live in a very interesting and complex hyperdimensional reality that all of that is coming, like all of the darkness is coming to light. At a certain point, I feel that humanity, or at least based on my research and based on all of the downloads that I have received, humanity has been hijacked and our DNA has been altered. So doing, uh, being in, you know, in the space of Hyros Gamos, reunifying, healing our relationship with God. And then for women, healing our relationship with our masculine allows us to reunify within. And the moment that we do that, we actually um, transmute the lower codes, more like the shadow codes of the feminine and the masculine into the higher codes. That 
them that are more out of our original co-creative codes, as opposed to a lot of us are just born on a lower timeline where we are operating from our shadows rather than more like the divine aspect of the feminine or the divine aspect of the masculine. So all of that is done. The marriage between the God and the goddess or the marriage between the masculine and the feminine is actually done under the marriage between human and God. So that's my definition of Hyros Gamels. And um, it's a, it's a, it's a way of life, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, Juliet, what about people who maybe are not, uh, don't use the, the, the concept of God, you know, or, or mm-hmm. either triggered by that is, can they replace it? Or how, how would you address that? Yeah, so this is actually interesting because in my current group, um, women, even women who are not raised in a religious background, kind of like, oh my God, I, I have this, you know, I have this hesitation with um, with the word God, yeah. and I want to replace it with universe or source or divine. Does I know work? in the spiritual community that is that is something that a lot of the people do, and I used to do that for many years, yeah. but from my own research and based on the experience of. Um, just knowing what's what's the truth of our current reality, I actually realized that there there is a difference between God, the Creator, and then and the creations. So the universe is actually a creation mm-hmm. of God. All of us are creations; we're children of God, and God itself, the source, the zero point, is um, the ultimate creator of all. So the way that I approach it is that it's really hard to not bring any history into it. So uh, I'm just going to go there. We have our, our connection with God has been so has been so just like cut off butchered so much. So to the point that there are so many distortions in this world right now, there are distorted religious teachings and there are distorted spiritual teachings. And the reason why so many of us initially feel very um, feel some resistance towards using the word God is because we unconsciously associate the word God with religion Mm -hmm. automatically. Even if some of us did not grow up, like I never grew up in a religious background. It took me years to even use the word God because the moment that I started doing it, I was like, oh, I hope people don't think that I'm a religious freak or like whatever. Mm -hmm. And that in itself to me is an invitation to look deeper as in, you know, can I get curious enough to see what is the driving force underneath that layer of resistance? Mm -hmm. Because in the end, the way that I like to say it is that, you know, what, what would happen if we just take religion out of God? Because religion does not own God. Even spiritual teachings do not own God. God is God. So if we are hesitant with even saying that word, then that usually tells me a lot about what our approach or what our feeling is in regarding to entering into this loving uh, relationship with with the creator you know so i usually just use that as information instead of saying like oh you're wrong or you're right things like that be curious like hey you know what's what's underneath that why aren't you comfortable with using that and that would open up all of the things that i know that are currently actually preventing them from fully receiving from the creator and fully receiving that divine grace and be in communion with god so that's usually just information for me Hmm. A lot to a lot to feel through, definitely, um, especially in a country like uh, the Philippines, where we, yeah. you know, we were colonized and 
the Spaniards yeah. came and it was very traumatic. I mean, it was very, I can yeah. still feel it. It was very with their God, you know, with their, yeah, of course. With their father God. So that, that trauma, I feel like um, needs to be healed at the same time. And actually it's, it's perfect yeah. to, to heal that uh, colonial trauma at the same time as we restore those, those t the templates within ourselves as well. Like, Absolutely. Because what is stopping us from actually um, fully, fully embodying, fully activating and embodying that wholeness template is the trauma to begin with. You know, all of these are energetic clutters that are taking up space in our body that are holding us back from being in full communion with God, which, you know, really doesn't belong to any religion or any spiritual teaching. So currently in my group, this is coming up a lot as we're going through it. Women are like, oh, you know, I, I feel more comfortable with using the word universe <laughs> because I feel like I feel like there's religion attached. So all of those things are just really great indications for us to work through when it comes to you know entering into the sacred union i think you also had a post recently where you talked about um our our father wound our relationship to the father and um oh, yeah. you know you mentioned the asian father and so there's also um like you mentioned there's that correlation between god and religion but there's also mm -hmm. that correlation between god and the father the father archetype absolutely right? Absolutely. So um, ultimately, the way that um, ultimately what I have observed in having done this work and having helped a lot of women through this is that the way that our feminine relates to her inner masculine really uh, greatly impacts the way that we relate to God. Because even though on an intellectual level, we're like, oh, my inner masculine is a high king. You know, he's not someone who would ever disappoint me. He's not someone who would abandon me like my dad did. However, unconsciously, and also because of the coding in our body, all, you know, from all of the things that we've been through, um, we unconsciously project our previous experience with men and with father onto our inner masculine and onto God. And this is something that, again, when we do this work, it is brought up consciously so that, you know, so that like it, when you do this work, honestly, there's nowhere to hide because the moment that you start to say, oh, no, I feel like God is someone who is just going to who's just out there who wants to punish me and doesn't care about me automatically. We know like there's some kind of religious trauma that's coming up or I feel like God is just someone who abandons me. Oh, what was your relationship with your father like? Because ultimately. God is the source. God is the provider. But somehow in our little human mind, because of the way that we grew up and we automatically saw our fathers as the first male and first provider. Mm -hmm. So if he did not provide, which probably like some of the Asian fathers, you know, like I know my dad was um, kind of like emotionally absent. And he was, he, he physically provided, but he was completely emotionally withdrawn. Yeah. He was unable to support us emotionally and mentally. And instead I had to kind of like grow to be the figure that supported my dad. So my relationship with God was always very much tinted by that and thinking like, he just doesn't care. He, you know, I'm talking about the, the masculine aspect of God, the father of God, right? The mother God, God is obviously the feminine aspect. So my relationship with God, even though for years I was doing all the spiritual work, um, there was always this like firm belief somewhere in my mind that I need to do all the work 
because he's not gonna he's not gonna provide. I need to show up. I need to take charge, which was actually the reason why I went into business coaching because it's all about you're the creator. You're in charge. You're here to do everything, and、um, that worked until it stopped working because it was like all of the burnouts. It there was this feeling of disconnect, and it was just feeling like I, I was just hustling and forcing everything as opposed to just being a co-creator, learning what it's like to polarize. So much that my feminine is sitting on her feminine throne in the receiving position,、yeah. and she knows how to receive from Father God and from my King, from my inner masculine. So that is the role that、um, the Father actually plays in all women's lives, where we kind of just unconsciously, constantly project the Father wounds onto. Onto men, also I would say, because men is another aspect of our inner masculine. Ultimately, the way that we relate to our inner masculine is just so, so, so、um, impacted by the way that we related to father and we related to previous men. You know, and that's when we do this work, all of that comes up for for healing, so that we can release it and then enter into union from a place of purity instead of from shadow codes or wounds. Wow,、um, I I feel like the receiving part is such a overlooked component.、Um, like personally, I felt that I was very receptive until、uh, as early as yesterday. Something happened, and I I did I thought of you because、um, I I was faced with a this this offer, and I was like, no, that's that's too much. Like I can't receive that. Like so, I was rejecting it, and then I saw myself. Rejecting、yeah. it, and then I'm like, "Wait, why aren't you receiving this?" <laughs> and then I thought、yeah. of all the internal, the Heroes Gamos, the inner temple work, and I was like, "That's why we do the daily practice. That's why we do daily devotion to train ourselves for when、yeah. this happens, when this arises, we're、yeah. we're like there and and fully present, ready to receive." Because I really was seeing myself rejecting this. You know、um, th- this energy of provision that I because、mm-hmm. I'm not I wasn't it's new it was it just felt new and unfamiliar, and、mm-hmm. so I was like no 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 I can I can do like no you don't, and then I was like wait wow okay I can learn to、yeah. receive <laughs> yeah <laughs> more and more and more、important. it's super important. Amazing. It's、yeah. actually got a lot to do with how much a woman allows herself to be energetically penetrated by the divine masculine energy. Because for a lot of women, because of our previous wounds relationship with men, and we constantly project that onto, onto it,、um, onto our relationship with our masculine. From what I know, a lot of women don't even have a relationship with their masculine. Like the first time I walk them, walk them through a certain alchemy, it's just like, oh, like there's nobody there. There's nobody sitting. Throne. It's just been me the whole time. I'm a one-woman show. Instead of being in Hyros Gamels with your king by your side and with God above, I've been a one-woman show. I've been the man, and I'm trying to play God. But all at the same time, the feminine cannot fully embody her essence and operate fully from her essence when she's. So pulled out of it when she's busy playing the man and also trying to play God, and that is the difference. When you understand how to cultivate this inner reunification, this marriage between these two polarities, versus I'm just going to try to do everything on my own. So 
when the more firmly that we actually sit on the feminine throne, the easier it is for us to receive. Because the feminine energy is the receiving, it's like the womb, right? The masculine energy is penetrative, mm -hmm. and he is here to give, and he is here to direct and to lead. So all of these um, are part of the feminine masculine dynamics that once you do the work, you can never unsee some of the things that you see. I think what I uh, one aspect I love about this work is that for a woman who's been um, hyper-masculine, just, you know, out of fear or whatever, it uh, doesn't even matter, but very um, masculine in her career and work, and of course, having a degree of success, um, but feeling, it, it's very scary to, to tell her, no, you have to surrender, you have to receive. And so I like the fact that it's, it's really focusing on that inner work. So meaning to say, she can, you know, stay, stay at the head of her team, manage her finances, you know, like a boss and all that. And then, you know, um, during her, her, her reflection time, whatever her devotional time, do that surrender within herself. I think that's kind of, yeah you know, reassuring. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I also find this, this was at least me in the past. And these are like, this is from the ambitious women that I have worked with who have created a lot of success. A lot of times we're actually putting on a hyper-masculine persona in order to um, compensate for our true feelings towards the feminine. Meaning a lot of the women unconsciously um, have this belief that being feminine is actually, it means second best. It just means that you're not, you're not, you're not here to play the game with the big boys in this world that is obviously so far masculine dominated. So the, also the two movements that have really shaped a woman's thinking in today's world would be the uh, feminist movement, which is actually, it, it's extremely disempowering to both men and women because it's trying to make a man out of woman by throwing gender equality into it. When in fact, most people don't realize that each of us has feminine and masculine. Mm -hmm. So when we're butchering, when a woman is butchering the masculine and she's trying to be him, she's actually depolarizing herself and pulling herself out of the essence while at the same time trying to be in an internal battle with the masculine because she feels that you know like men are this men are that so that is one thing that's that's been extremely disempowering for women that I find like a lot of the teachings are still um, highly alive in today's society, even I see it even in the transformation space. That we don't need a man, we don't need that. We're all this. We're like the man, you know. We're the alpha. So a lot of that can be just um, a way to compensate for how we truly feel about being fully embodied in our feminine essence. And what are some of the distorted beliefs that we have around being feminine? Because if anyone thinks that being feminine means being second best, or she's passive, or she's just going to sit there and do nothing, that is not what feminine is. That is disempowered feminine. Mm -hmm. An empowered feminine is someone who is so integrated with her inner king that the masculine qualities actually show up in her without her needing to be the man. So she is someone who exhibits stability. She is someone who manifests easily. She's someone who is grounded, who has clarity, who has structure, but she's also very embodied in her feminine essence and is very radiant in that. That is what an embodied feminine is. And there's also the new age movement where it, the focus is mostly on goddess movement, soul embodiment. You know, some of the teachings are good, except there is no exalted masculine. Mm -hmm. So again, we're butchering the king without 
without kind of like coming from the place that the king is actually inside of us. Mm -hmm. You know, we have that yang energy inside of us. So when we only focus on the feminine and we're not focusing on the masculine, we're completely out of balance with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And there's no exaltation of the feminine unless she actually polarizes so much that she is here to fully magnetize the masculine and to co-create with him from the inside out. So I kind of feel, you know, from like my observation, it looks like the teachings from both of these movements have had an impact on a lot of women's journey, especially women in the transformation space. Like they're either, you know, like very much into like all of the goddess work, or they're like, it's all, you know, like, I'm in charge, it's all about mindset, all of that. So that is just reflecting back to us, our original internal split. Because the moment that we actually heal the split and enter into reunification, then we create from wholeness. And then that external split will actually look, you know, like it's going to be healed as well. So all of that, like that, all of that externally is just reflection of that internal split. Yeah. As, uh, as within, so without. <laughs> so, wow, there's so much uh, to reflect on. And uh, I'm sure our, our audience will have to listen to this more than once to get everything <laughs> down. Um, Juliet, there's there's one thing that um, I mentioned I, I would love to address with you. Um, and it's there the some of the teachings, um, especially from from male coaches, is about that external polarity where you know the the woman is in submission, the man is in um, leadership, devotional leadership, and you know, the woman kind of expresses without outcome like what would you say to those uh teachings do you find oh, they're congruent with your with your inner teachings yeah um <laughs> so firstly unless, unless both parties are like yeah. really in love with this and they're they're having no issues with it then you know like who who am i to judge yeah. right but but so this is what's coming up the um the internal polarization actually doesn't necessarily like it does show up in our relationships in which um, a lot of the times we want to make space for our men to take charge in certain things. We want to make him feel like we want to respect him because masculine needs to be respected. Mm -hmm. We want to also create the space, uh, create a space in which he is um, he is free to embody his purpose and that he is free to explore the different adventures that his masculine heart calls him to explore, right? Because the masculine is all about, the masculine does want to go on a journey of chasing, of um, chasing after treasures, after their purpose, things like that. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it's really about the feminine polarizing so much that it does show up in that relationship. But I feel like anything can be taken to the extreme where you're like, if, if you're at the point where you don't even feel like you should be talking and you want the man to cover all of your finances and shower you with all of the gifts, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I would actually look deeper into what, what that polarization actually means mm -hmm. to you on the, on the, 
um, you know, deep on the deep level, because there's also the possibility of going into the extreme of going into codependency, that it starts to become very unhealthy, that we're just like either relying on the masculine and not doing anything, which is actually completely not what, um, what this polarization actually means. It just means that we learn how to co-create on the, on the inside, you know, so it can get to that extreme or it can get to the point where we, start to slip into the disempowered feminine, Mm -hmm. where we feel like we're just sitting here, we're just going to take orders, and not do anything and be told what to do. Mm -hmm. Um, So all of that actually requires the, the way that I look at it is that as it always comes back actually to internal work first, yeah. because if we try to apply all of these principles in an external relationship without both parties being able to fully exalt their own polarity and at the same time enter into a very healthy relationship with the other polarity internally, that is all of that unhealthy stuff is going to manifest externally. So the responsible uh, responsibility um, comes back to, you know, is the woman doing the internal work to have this healthy and mature relationship with her king, where as he matures, she is also maturing. Mm-hmm. And externally, it's going to show up as her maturing more and more and being able to fully receive from God and then from his king. And the man is also simultaneously doing this work to mature his masculine and his integration with his inner feminine. And then we're bringing these two together externally into a physical relationship, as opposed to just taking these teachings and let's dump all of that onto the physical relationship. And meanwhile, not doing this inner work, you know, because here's the thing also, when, when it's a physical relationship in 3D, um, when it's internal, it's actually not just between a man and a woman, there's also God. And God is the one who is actually giving all the direction and God is the one who's guiding. So when it's in that external relationship, unless both are so, so, so connected with God and they're doing everything that is in alignment, it's very, very easy to distort Mm -hmm. these teachings and slip into the shadows. So that's just my feeling. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense to me. Um, Thank you for that. I feel like what's missing in these kind of relationship, um, dating, coaching, um, teachings is the inner work, actually. Now that it's now the that inner you, work. Yeah. Now that you mention it, it's kind of clear to me now. And uh, I'm thinking back on another teacher's post that really made me stop and pause. And he was writing, um, "Are you ready to not have a 3D king, actually, and like hmm. focus on that inner work?" And I was like, "Wow, that's mm-hmm. a really important question because." the priority, and I always share this with my clients and my students, it's really the inner work. And then let the the external work will just kind of work itself out because sometimes we don't even know what what's best for us externally. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. There's also the part that when we are truly in this union with God and with our masculine, we're not really trying to take, we're not trying to tell tell the divine masculine what to do meaning like we the feminine has desires and then she can ask Mm -hmm. and then however it comes to us is up to god is up to the divine masculine so when we put too much expectation on the external we're actually interfering with the entire process versus versus just like submitting everything to god and then allowing and again this is when 
we can easily slip into new age bypassing because this is when people will be like, Oh, you know, I don't need to do anything. It's all in God's hand. It's all like, you know, I just need to do nothing, which is absolutely not the truth, which is why it then comes always comes back to how embodied are you in both polarities that you can actually operate from the integration of both, as opposed to leaning into one extreme or the other one is trying to control every outcome. The other one is saying I'm completely helpless and powerless Versus, you know what, I I recognize that Mm -hmm. I am both human and divine all at the same time. I am a creator, but also at the same time, I'm completely powerless when it comes to what what God's will is, and then operate from the union of that place. You know, that usually um, leads to an extremely different outcome than us trying to kind of like control it every step of the way, which, you know, like, I know this is what our human brain wants to do anyway, but it, when when you get the bodies involved and when you kind of like, once you restore that original template and you deepen into that, you start to feel more and more safe in terms of submitting and surrendering and having that faith mm-hmm. that you are being provided for no matter what. And that provision first comes from internal mm-hmm. And then that's going to show up in the external reality. It shows up 100% of the times. However, the goal is no longer like, I want to tell God to give me this. This is my tactic. It is the goal is actually deeper union. I want to enter deeper union, you know, with God. I want to open my heart um, to God and also to my King. And the, the happy side effects are like, you know, more money, more clients, more joy, more love, more grace. All of these are just happy side effects of this internal shift. So it does come back to the internal, um, whatever external that we decide to do is just whatever action steps that we receive mm-hmm. from God, from, from our masculine, you know, and then we do what we're told and that's it. That's the submission part. Beautiful. Beautiful. So um, I'd like to ask you now, before we, we wrap up, um, what would you tell a woman who has been so used to, so like a very successful, um, you know, maybe businesswoman, and she's been so used to working from that hyper-masculine overdrive space where you've been um, in, and but she's really depleted and tired and ready for a change, but just can't get out of that rat race like where where could she start what would you where how where would you direct her to start yeah so first there needs to be a desire that hey you know even though i've created all of the success um something's not working for me and i want to change that that desire needs to be there and once that desire is there i actually have a very simple exercise that i just give to all the women Um, which is if you're like looking at this triangle and let's just like pretend, first of all, God and our King are actually inside of us. So it's we're never talking about a time where they're external, where we have to submit to something external, right? It's always internal. So if you're looking at this triangle and on the left bottom is the feminine throne on the, on the bottom, right is the masculine throne. And on top is God, where exactly are you? Are you <laughs> sitting firmly on your throne? Is there a king in the picture? Is there a god in the picture? Or you're kind of all over the place in somewhere in the middle of the triangle, somewhere sitting on a king's throne, which pretty much is the case for a lot of the ambitious women who are, you know, who are operating from a hyper-masculine place. Yeah. You know, where are you sitting? Yeah. And the second question is, what is your relationship with 
let's pretend that now you're walking yourself back to your throne, and you're looking at the king. You're looking at God. What is your relationship with these two? And the third question is: If the relationship is not something that turns you on, are you willing to learn what it's like to cultivate a loving? An intimate and the most important relationship in your life with your king and with God. So this is a really great place to start because these three、yeah. questions will give me the clarity on if they desire to change, where they are in this picture, are they taking over the masculine throne, and are they willing? You know, are they are they willing to devote themselves to cultivate this loving relationship, and to even like just ask if they if the answer is yes, to even ask their own king, how would you like me to show up with you? What are some of the things that you would like me to do、mm. in order for us to deepen into this union? You know, it's always it's like any other relationship. You've got to ask, and you've got to create the time and space for each other. So that you can all mature together, it's it's no different. It's just not external; it is internal.、Mm-hmm. Wow, that's beautiful. I love that exercise.、Um, I have to say that I look forward to my、um, you know inner marriage practice every day, even if it's very short, like you mentioned. But just kind、yeah. of checking in and 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 settling into that feeling is is really、um, healing, actually. So yeah. So much for that. Yeah,、um, it is extremely healing. Juliet, I'd love for you to share a little bit of、um, your offers. Are you opening a course soon, or、um, taking people one on one, and and maybe what they can expect from working with you? Absolutely.、Like、so currently, I have a rewrite your love story with your king course that is open, and、um, it's a six-week group program for women entrepreneurs who are ready to go on this very intense initiation. I mean, I'm going to say that you know a lot of the discomfort will come up in the beginning when you. When you are looking to deepen into your union, and everything that is preventing you from entering into sacred marriage will come up. However, it just—it's—it's it's an extremely rewarding program in terms of everything that is masculine in your life will shift. So it's very individualized. Even though I give you these practices and then walk you through these activations and transmissions, your journey with your own masculine and your journey with God is exactly what、um, you know what you're going to evolve into. So it's a very very individualized, intense journey, and、um, everything will shift from money to your relationship with men to your relationship with God to your relationship with. Father,、um, you know boundaries, structures, strategies, all of these things. So for the women who are over, like really into like structure strategies, which was me, I found that it was able to help me relax into、yeah. my feminine, break some rules, and have more fun and live a more turned on life. For the women who are in the other spectrum, in the other end of the spectrum, where they resist structure, st- 
strategies. They're all about the feminine. This is going to help them strengthen their bond with the masculine so that they can um, you know, implement the structure and strategies that are actually going to support them in their lives and in their businesses. Mm-hmm. So this is the current um, offer that I have that it, it's, it's more like, um, I call it a six week priestess temple, because it literally feels like an initiation that women go through in order to step into their womanhood. These are the things that we were never taught. Mm-hmm. So it allows us to really mature into more of a template of a lover mm-hmm. or a devotional queen to our king and to also to mm-hmm. father God and learn what it's like to be provided for, learn what it's like to receive. So that's the one that I have right now that is super potent. It's probably my most potent work um, that I have ever offered. I'm super happy. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, And so for um, if people want to connect or follow you, obviously, Facebook, your personal page, Instagram, um, it's just Julia Tang, right? Yeah, it's, um, I believe on Instagram, it's Juliet Tang Z. Yeah. And um, Facebook, Juliet Tang Z, I believe. Yeah. What is the Z about? <laughs> oh my God, it's my middle name, you know, okay. so it's, it's the initial of my middle name. And uh, Julia Tang was taken, you know, oh, so. Okay. Wait, what is your yeah. middle name? <laughs> oh my God, so, okay, so it's really hard to pronounce. Um, most Americans say Zen, it's not actually Zen, it's Zhang, Z-H-E-N-G. You know, you know, like the Chinese pronunciation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it doesn't really translate. Oh, I like that. Okay, good. It's not Zara. <laughs> it's definitely funny. not Zara. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Juliet. I thank always, you, so you know, much. look forward to your posts and your teachings and all that. And so um, we'll be in touch in cyberspace and uh, maybe in Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. We have a huge house. So our Costa Rica, <laughs> Costa Rica would be the one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Juliet, have a beautiful evening. And thanks again. Okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Right. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for joining me on the first season of Zara Wendy, the podcast. What started out as an afterthought took on a life of its own. It was a surprising, amazing and empowering ride. So please rate and share if you think this is valuable content and you would like to see more of it. Of course, if you want to connect with me, just send me a message and we can book a call. Thank you.